I believe at least in North America you can get the Tesla now, the Tesla cars. Have you heard of Tesla cars? With a, a fully autonomous driving feature, fully automatic driving feature. I think this is what, what he claims. I think in reality you're still supposed to keep your hands on the steering wheel and then uh, if the automatic driving makes any mistake you're supposed to correct it. But by and large I think it works already to quite some extent. So you just like here, you, know, you put in GPS where you want to go and they don't have to do anything and the Tesla is just driving you there. This is a life on automatic pilot and I'm sometimes surprised that people like that so much because I like to drive through my life and being the pilot myself <laughs> rather than uh, having everything done for me. And it's the same, you can live your life on automatic pilot nowadays. You, know, you uh, search for something and you're logged into Google and then will, Google will give you the search suggestions already you know, according to their artificial intelligence, according to their you know, algorithm, according what you have searched before and bought before and so on. The same with Amazon and all these big uh, online companies who collect all the data and then you just buy whatever uh, Google is suggesting you or whatever Amazon is suggesting. You're watching YouTube and it logged into your Google account and so Google can remember what you have watched in the last 10 years and they just suggest to you watch this video, watch that video and then you just click on it. But this is now living the whole life on, autom on automatic toilet in, in the end. And uh, I wouldn't want to do that. I like driving through my life myself and choosing myself what I want to buy, what I want to watch. I can figure it out myself and this is part of of being alive and living alive, that you have to figure out what you do there. But I think it's a good simile, an example for Nasi Lapata Paramasa, for being stuck on rites and rituals, being stuck in conventionality, being stuck in just uh, repeating and continuing a routine. And many people they live their whole life like that. There's a certain expectation in society and from your parents what to do. They basically, you know, get an education or learn a trade, get a job, get a partner, get married, have some kids, get a quarter acre block in the suburb, build a house, pay off the mortgage, and then get the kids through the whole procedure. And what is the final destination on that automatic pilot? Yeah, it's a little box, two meters long, often black and nicely polished. 
that this is where the body goes in the end, and then you have the funeral or the cremation. I always felt that there should be a little bit more. And I would like to encourage everyone to break out of this automatic pilot, to break out of this program. And you may find if you don't just click on the YouTube suggestions for videos, that there may be much more interesting and fascinating things. I think the people who normally watch PewDiePie playing video games and cute cat videos, they probably never get a, a Dhamma talk from a Buddhist monk suggested there. There will be only other cat videos or maybe a puppy video or maybe not PewDiePie playing a video game but some other guy who I don't know or some other girl playing a video game and you would completely miss out on the Dhamma talks. But if you search yourself, if you're not just sort of the suggestion, you may discover something new. So we have to break out of conventionality. We have to um, free ourselves from conventions. The Buddha was utterly unconventional. That's the whole idea now of taking parabhaja, of going forth as a monk, that you get out of this framework of this procrustus bed where you're forced into living life in a particular way. This is why it's said that the life gone forth as a monk or a nun is like the open sky. You're no longer confined. The house life is confined. But uh, the life of a Dhamma practitioner is wide and open like the open sky. I mean, certain things we can operate quite well on automatic pilot. If you have to go to work in the morning, if you have to go to school or uni in the morning, it doesn't really matter so much about the mind. Now, the task is getting the body out of bed and getting it in reasonable shape and maybe putting some energy in, some fuel, and then getting it to the place of work or to school or uni. Now, that's the whole point of the exercise. It doesn't really matter so much what is your mind state as long as you arrive there. But that doesn't apply to meditation. Maybe we can't say the whole point of meditation is getting the body in decent shape and just managing to sit through one hour and looking quite um, focused and nice and full lotus and upright. This is not what it's all about. What it's all about this is really what happens internally. And if you just won the automatic pilot, if you're just stuck in convention, then we will never break through to the Dhamma. Because the Dhamma enlightenment, by definition, is something we have never seen before. It's something which we could never even quite imagine before. It's so new. It's something utterly different. It's a total revolution of all our ideas and perceptions and what we considered possible as to transcend all that. And that can never be done by following convention and by just 
and a spinning off a routine. We can do that for doing the the dishes. It's roughly the same. The dishes change a little bit. I can do the dishwashing on automatic pilot, more, more or less. Where you cannot purify your mind on automatic pilot. There has to be awareness. There has to be an understanding that it's not what we are doing or saying, but it's what's happening in the mind and what kind of perceptions we are developing, what kind of feelings and emotions we are cultivating, and what kind of thoughts and views we are abandoning or developing. Uh, that is what it's all about. If you're an automatic pilot, what happens to mindfulness? Now, usually there is no mindfulness, because mindfulness should be your pilot. And if you switch on automatic pilot, then it's just whatever machine is doing that. In this case, maybe it's almost half subconscious. Certain things we can do, we actually say so. Or I could find the way to work in, in, in my sleep even, because I know it so well which already indicates I don't need any real mindfulness, no real awareness, no clear comprehension anymore. And I can't just one, could maybe say, in a subconscious. But that means now you're switching off mindfulness. You know that Fleetwood Mac? Here we go again. This is his attitude. Here we go again. I'm just going through it. And once that is our attitude in meditation, oh, I would really like to lie down. I had a difficult day today, but I should be meditating. Okay, here we go again. So watching the breath, okay, watching the breath for one hour. So this doesn't really get us anywhere. It doesn't really give results. The question is not just watching the breath, but with mindfulness and observing how does it affect the mind? And what is the mind state like while I'm watching the breath? And how can I make that mind state brighter, more joyful, more wholesome? And then even more so once we go to the inside of the body, and I know this body. I've been walking around with this body, in my case, about 40, 54 years. So we tend to think that we know this body. But if you really knew this body, you would just immediately drop it and let go, and your mind would detach, because you would see that this body is a source of suffering, that this body is an impermanent and unattractive thing, and we would just straight away drop it. But if you have this delusion that we know the body because we're walking around with it for decades. So for real insight, it's absolutely necessary to look at the body afresh and new. This is what we call beginner's mind in the Zen tradition. You can see that in a child. Because a child doesn't have this routine yet. A part of going up is that we are 
getting trained into the conventions and into the automatic pilot. This is why it's often so refreshing to interact with kids. It's the same even with animals, with young animals, a puppy, a kitten, because you know, they do all these wacky and weird and unexpected things. <laughs> the child doesn't have this automatic pilot yet. Doesn't have, hasn't learned the, all the conventions yet. And this is why they can be so um, delightful and new and, uh, how to say, you know, they make you feel young again. So we need you know, the mind of a young child. They can look with great uh, amazement at the Buddha statue. I can sometimes see that you know, when a kid comes in and then you show him the Buddha statue and you know, they haven't seen such a big Buddha. And they, and they really look you know, with amazement and try to take it all in. Whereas we have seen the Buddha statue you know, many times, you know, one quick look and then so we can't really uh, recognize the beauty anymore and the expression of uh, karuna, of compassion and wisdom and calm and focus and kindness and so on, which is uh, expressed there and we don't notice it much anymore. So a short reflection to encourage everyone, don't go into, here we go again. <laughs> This is, this is an automatic pilot. This is a lack of mindfulness and awareness. This is just a getting through a routine, getting through a ritual, through a ceremony, with the purpose of finishing it. But it's not what we do with our body or our speech. It's not whatever ritual or procedure we follow. But it, it is what these physical action or speech, what this ritual or routine is causing in our mind. That is what bhavana meditation is about. <laughs>